All right, everybody, it's time for us to start a brand new series, and the series is going to be called Fear No Evil. Fear No Evil. If you are chatting in the chat area, then type that up and let us know that you are watching us and that you are participating. You're not just going to be a passive viewer, but you're going to be an active uh, uh, participant in today's service. Fear No Evil evil, fear no evil. Now, um, the reason, as I said last week, I really wanted to get into this uh, subject or into the series because I was really compelled, I believe, by the Holy Spirit to talk about this uh, subject of fear, uh, because even though we were in the series of Empowered to Prosper, I felt like we needed to take a break from that, at least on Sundays, so that I can deal with the subject of fear. Once again, with the kind of news that we are surrounded by and everything that is going all around us, the constant things that, are, uh, that we continuously hear over and over and over again are leading many people to live in a state of fear. Most of the messages that you keep reading every single day in your WhatsApp right now have to deal with fear, have to deal with everything that is going on all around us. All right. Now, when we live in those kinds of times, when we are going through those kinds of situations, it's very important to take a look at ourselves and take a look at what the scripture says so that we respond the right way during these times. Not that we react to these times, but that we respond to these times and that we do it biblically. Now, see, for every child of God, for every Christian, if you say that you are a Christian, what you are saying is, I live my life and I'm going on this journey and, and the way I make decisions and the way I live my life are going to be based on what Christ would like for me to do. They're going to be based on what God would love to see happen in my life. Now, even when you look at the life of Jesus, there are certain things uh, uh, that he saw in the disciples or certain things that he saw in people and he was excited about what he saw. He appreciated what he saw. But then there were other times in the life of Jesus where he saw certain things, whether it was in the life of the uh, uh, disciples or in the lives of uh, other people, where he saw certain things happen and he was disappointed at the way they were responding or reacting to those situations. Here's what I want you to know. Every single day, God's looking at us. Every single day, because of what He has done for us through Jesus Christ, He's looking at us and He's saying, okay, I'm going to watch and I'm going to see how my children respond to the challenges that they are about to face. I'm going to see how my children react to the things that they are about to face in their life. Now, just like we would love to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant at the end of our lives, I believe, at least for me, I want God to be able to look at me and my everyday decisions, see how I respond to things and be excited about the way I am responding to the challenges that I am facing in my life. Now, when we deal with the subject of fear, Here's what we need to understand. When we say that people are living in fear, what we're actually saying is that people are living in the bondage of fear. Now, why do I say bondage of fear? Because nobody really enjoys living in fear. Now, if I say people are living in love, they, they're, they're, they're living in joy, we don't say the bondage of joy. 
We don't say the bondage of love. Why? Because people love to live in love. They love to live in a home or in a family that is filled with love. They love to uh, 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 live in a time and space and in a community where joy is experienced. So we don't call that a bondage. But now when it comes to fear, nobody actually enjoys living in fear. Nobody wants to live in fear. So therefore, it is a bondage. We were, meaning you and I, we were never created to live or experience fear in our lives. I'll say that again. You and I, we were not created to live in or experience fear in our lives. During the last uh, sermon series on Empowered to Prosper, we took a look at how things were in the Garden of Eden. Well, how were things in the Garden of Eden? Were, were Adam and Eve experiencing fear? Were they living their everyday life, you know, fearful of what might happen? Absolutely not. They were not meant to experience fear. Well, when did Adam and Eve, when did human beings begin to experience fear for the first time? They only experienced fear for the first time after the fall, after they disobeyed after they began to do things that they were not supposed to do. So it was only after the fall, for the very first time, the Bible says that they were naked and afraid. Naked and afraid. They were not afraid until that point, but all of a sudden, now, once they are in a fallen state, now they understand, wait a minute, I'm experiencing an emotion Fear is an emotion, by the way. I'm experiencing an emotion that I did not experience before. And now all of a sudden, from that point forward, human beings have been experiencing fear. Fear in various shapes and forms. Now, today, obviously, today is part one, and so this is just going to be an introduction. And in the next couple of weeks, we're going to dive deeper into this, and I'm going to get very practical in making sure. I'm going to teach you how fear comes into a person's life, and I'm also going to show you how you can get rid of it or cast it out of your life as well. But today, I want to lay a firm foundation to make sure we understand what fear is and who we are in, in, in relation to fear and how we need to be responding to fear in our lives. Amen. So as we start this series, I want you to be fully expectant, fully expectant, no matter where you're watching from, no matter what you're dealing with in life right now, I want you to be fully expectant and be prepared to walk free from the bondage of fear in every area of your life. See, some of you are dealing with the uh, uh, bondage of fear in the area of finances, some of you in health, some of you, uh, uh, you, you know, wh when I talk about the bondage uh, uh, of fear in finances, you, you, you have a fear of running out or you don't know how your needs are going to be met. You have a fear of what's going to happen with my business, what's going to happen with my investments, what's going to happen with the money that I'm supposed to get from these people. They promised me, but it's not yet come. Or I'm supposed to give someone, I promised them, but I don't have the money that I'm supposed to give them. All of that is the fear of money and finances. Some of you have a fear of health. Maybe it's health regarding yourself. Maybe it's regarding your uh, spouse. Maybe regarding your kids. Maybe regarding your parents. Maybe regarding your friend. 
Maybe it's a, uh, um, you know, a, a serious diagnosis or a, a negative diagnosis that you've received from the doctor. Maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's blood pressure. Uh, uh, you know, or right now, the, the hot topic once again is the coronavirus. And maybe it's about somebody uh, uh, you know that is infected by the coronavirus. Maybe it's, no, maybe it's the fact that nobody is infected, but just the fear that you may be infected or the fear that you may be infected one day. Even if you don't have any symptoms, you're just fearful. You're living in the bondage of fear, thinking, if I do this, if I do that, if I go there, I might just get the virus. And you're living in the bondage of fear, and you are being controlled by that fear in your life. Some of you might be dealing with fear in your relationships. What happens if I lose that person? What happens if that person says, yes, you know, I really love that girl, but what if she says that she's not going to marry me? I really love the boy, but what if, what if he decides and what if he says that he's not going to marry me? What's going to happen in my life? Some of you, the fear of losing a loved one. What's going to happen once they are not here with me anymore? You know, the, the fear of your children making the wrong decisions in their life. The fear of uh, 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 your children not living a godly life or living a successful life. All of these things are different kinds of fears. But here's the thing. God doesn't want to be living in the bondage of any of those kinds of fears. That's what the Bible says. So, it's time for us to be expectant, and I believe as we get into the Word of God that we're going to get to a place where fear will no longer have bondage over you. Amen? If you believe that, type amen in the comment section. Hallelujah. And again, if you have not already shared the link with your family and friends, take a moment very quickly and share the link with your family and friends. Press the like button when you're watching on YouTube. Make sure that you comment and share this with as many people as possible. Again, as the news of Corona begins to increase, I want to make sure that you are prepared and that your family and your friends are prepared for it as well. Amen. Now, um, as we talk about fear, one of the things that we also understand is every time we're fearful, we begin to pray. You know, uh, uh, I'm sure if you can think about the times that you had fear in your life, you uh, can also relate to the fact that during those times you began to pray. Now, I want you to turn to Psalm 34. And starting from verse 1, here's how King David prayed regarding fear in his life. Psalm 34, please. Psalm 34 and starting from verse 1. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord. Pay attention to verse 4. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Everyone say, all my fears. All right. All my fears. Type that in the chat area. He has delivered me from all of my fears. He didn't leave. He, he didn't say, I'm going to deliver you from certain fears and then certain fears, they're good for you. So I'm going to leave them in your life. You see, psychologists today and scientists will say and, 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 and people, you know, uh, life coaches might tell you that, that certain fear is good for you. Well, that's not what the Bible says. 
See, that's not what the Bible says. And this is where it's important for you to step up as a Christian and say, okay, I understand that this is what the psychologist says, but this is what the Word says, and I'm going to stick with the Word. I'm going to believe in the Word of God and not in the Word of a scientist or a psychologist. Do you understand that? Here it very clearly says that when David sought the Lord, the Lord delivered him from every kind of fear that he was dealing with. Now, verse 5 says, They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. So who were the ones that were not ashamed? The ones that sought the Lord and the ones in whom God delivered them from all of their fears. Now, if God is the one hearing the prayer and if God is the one delivering them from their fears, that means it, that lets us know once again that it is God's intent and God's desire that you don't live in fear. That's the whole point of him delivering David from all of his fears. Amen? Now, go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1, a very well-known scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but that of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Now, many of us know this, but the question is this. How do we make sense of that verse and how do we walk in the reality of that scripture? See, we know that verse, but we also know what the news is telling us today. We know that verse, but we also know what we're getting in our WhatsApp inbox and WhatsApp text messages. We know the verse and we know what our managers are telling us. We know the verse and we also know what the government is telling us, what the, the medical uh, 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 people are telling us. We know this verse and we know what the economy is telling us. We know this verse and we also know what our own soul is telling us, what our own thinking is telling us, what our own fears are telling us. We know that. So how do we make sense of that verse when the Bible is clearly saying, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but that of love, power, and of a sound mind. How is that possible for someone like me, you would be thinking? I want you to know it is only possible because, and it is a reality for you because of what Christ has done for you and in you. Are you understanding that? Now, again, I, I know I go to this scripture all the time, but this scripture is so foundational. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. What does it talk about? It talks about the fact that you and I, who believe in Christ, we've been made new creations. This is what it says. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, when the Bible is saying that all things have passed away and all things have become new, he's not just talking, please get this, he's not just talking about your individual life and saying that all things that you experience in your, in your individual life have gone away. Even though that is true and they have gone away, what he's also saying is when he says old things have passed away, he's also talking about everything that came into this world as a result of what Adam did. And now he's saying when he says all things have passed away. See, th there were certain things that came into this world as a result of what Adam and Eve did. Now because of what Jesus has done, all of those things become old things. There's the old covenant and the new covenant. Please get this, right? Old covenant, new covenant. 
the everything that came into this world as a result of what Adam and Eve did have become old things. Now, what the Bible is saying is, now that you're in Christ Jesus, he says, behold, all things have passed away. Passed away, meaning they're no longer here. Are you understanding? If you're driving in a car and if somebody calls you and says, hey, have you reached that point? And, and, and if you say, no, I've already passed it, what does that mean? That means you're no longer there. That means it's in the past. It's, it's gone. You're not there. Now, he, here he's saying, old things have what? Old things have passed away. And he's saying what? Behold, all things have been made new for you. That's the reality for everyone. That can be the reality for everyone walking on the planet and living on the planet, but it is the reality for everyone who has already placed their faith in Jesus. Not, for it, not just for everyone who attends church. Not just for everyone who says, I believe in God. No, the ones that say, I believe in Christ Jesus and the life that he has given me. I believe in Jesus and the price that he's paid for me. I believe in Jesus that he resurrected from the dead. For those of them who are in Christ Jesus, now here he is saying, all things have passed away, all things have become new. Now, how does that relate to you not living in the bondage of fear? Well, now the bondage of fear was controlling man, but now there is a new life that is being given to you. And now the question is, we have to find out in this new life that has been given to us, can a person still be saying, I have the new life? And are they people who are still in the bondage of fear? Are they people who still cannot do anything about the fear that they're being controlled by? Go with me to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Again, we're just laying a foundation today. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 17. It says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. Now, when He says, as He is, that's a capital H there. He, what? Talking about Jesus Christ. As He is, so are we in this world. Meaning, the way Jesus is right now, that is how we are, not when we get to heaven, but He says, that is how we are in this world. Right here, right now, in 2021, April. That's how you are. In this world. Look at the same scripture in the Amplified Version. It'll be on the screen. It'll say, in this union and communion with Him. You see, that's what you need to understand. Once you are in Christ, you are in union and communion with Him. You cannot be separated. You're in union with God. You're in union with Christ Jesus. He, he says, union and communion with Him. Love is brought to completion and attains perfection with us that we may have confidence for the day of judgment with assurance and boldness to face Him. Now, man, think about what, it, what, what, what John is saying. John is saying, you and I, the new identity that has been given to us, the new kind of people that we are. That's why in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says the new creation is a species of being that never existed before. That means not even Adam had the boldness that you and I can have in the presence of God. 
Are you understanding that? Not even Adam. Now here he says, what kind of boldness do you and I have? What kind of boldness can the new creation walk in? The kind of boldness that the new creation can walk in. Here he says that even on the, that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. The day of judgment. The day of judgment with assurance and boldness to face him. Now think about this. Don't just read it and, and move on. Here he says, we have confidence to face the Lord of glory on the day of judgment. On the day of judgment, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the, the, the God who spoke the universe into existence. You are about to face him, not your principal, not your parent, not your grandparents, not your wife, not your husband, not your employer, not the ch chief minister, not the prime minister, not anybody of this world. But here you are about to meet the King of kings and Lord of lords. And when you are about to meet him, he says, you have boldness to meet him. You have confidence to meet him. You're not shaking when you go to him. You're not shaking in fear when you go to him. Here he says, we have confidence, we have boldness when you face him. That's who God has made you to be. That's who we're supposed to be. That's the reality of who God has made us to be. Look, look at what it says one more time. That we have confidence for the day of judgment with assurance and boldness to face him. Because, why do we have this confidence? Because as Jesus is, so are we in this world world. You know what John is saying? John is saying when Jesus goes before the Father, he's not afraid. What John is saying is when Jesus stands before the Father, he's not shivering. And because Jesus does not shiver, and because Jesus does not shake, and because Jesus is not filled with fear when he stands before the Father, here he says, you and I will also not fear when we stand before the Father. That's the assurance and that's the boldness you and I carry on the inside of us. That is who God has made us to be. Now, go back to 2 Timothy chapter 1, one more time. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. He says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but that of power, love, and of a sound mind. That word given, the word given right there in that verse, in the Greek it actually means ministered. Ministered. In other words, you can read it as this, for God has not ministered to us a spirit of fear. He has not ministered to us a spirit of fear, which means if God has not given us, if God has not ministered to us a spirit of fear, that means you and I have no business with the spirit of fear in our lives. See, again, I'm talking to believers, I'm talking to Christians right now, and I'm saying, again, if you're not a Christian, continue to watch because I'm going to tell you how you can walk in this freedom. I'm showing you how you can walk in this freedom. All of us are on this journey of life, and I'm telling you, when Jesus Christ came into this world, He came so that He can show us the way. 
show us the way. And here what he's letting us know is he has not given us the spirit of fear, but what has he given us? He has given us the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and the spirit of a sound mind. These three things have been ministered to us by God in the new creation. That means when Christ did the amazing work on the cross, and now when he says that I have come to give you life and life more abundantly, in that abundant life, in that new creation life, the reality is this, that when that new creation was being made and being fashioned, God did not minister fear into that new creation. Are you getting that? Yes. See, when, when he was creating man, and when he's creating the new creation, a species of being that never existed before, he is not putting or he is not ministering the spirit of fear into that person. That's a foreign spirit for the new creation man. It has no right to exist in a new creation person. It is foreign. It, 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 it goes against the nature of a new creation man. And every time you experience fear and you live in fear and you, and every time because of a sociology paper that you read or a newspaper article that you read, or because of your friends say certain things, if you think a little bit of fear is okay, it's okay. Everybody's afraid of the virus. So I will be afraid of the virus. Everybody's afraid of the stock market. I'll be afraid of the stock market. Everybody's afraid of the economy. Everybody's afraid of the job market. And therefore I will be afraid of the job market. What are we saying? We're saying, I'm going to live and I'm going to adjust with something that, is, that I'm not supposed to adjust with. Something that God has not put on the inside of me, I'm going to let it come on the inside of me. See, when a manufacturer, you know, makes the phone or makes the iPad or makes anything, there are certain things that he puts, certain software that he puts into the device and certain things that he doesn't. And the Bible is saying, when the new creation was being made and fashioned and created, the spirit of fear was not put into you. The spirit of fear was not put into you. But what was put into you? The spirit of power, the spirit of love, and the spirit of a sound mind. You, you came inbuilt with those things. See, once you buy this phone, you don't try to put a camera to this. Why? Because it's inbuilt. It comes with a camera. Pretty much every phone that we own right now, you don't have to add in addition, you don't have to put a calculator into it. Why? It comes with a calculator. You don't attach an alarm clock to it. Why? It comes with an alarm. Are you understanding what I'm saying? It's, it's inbuilt. Now when God made us, it's inbuilt. You have the spirit of power. You have the spirit of love. You have the spirit of a sound mind. What do you not have? The spirit of fear. It's non-existent in the new creation. But why am I experiencing it? Because we have allowed the spirit of fear to come in. We've allowed it. Next week, I'm going to show you how we've allowed it to come in. But this week, I want you to get the basics. We've allowed the spirit of fear. We've entertained it. We've let the stranger come in and we've prepared a nice sofa. Sit down. What do you want? And we entertain the spirit of fear. When in actuality, we should not have been.
Now, what, what about the spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind? Why power? Power, the way Jesus demonstrated the power, the power to manifest the kingdom of God, the power to change things the way Jesus changed things. That's the spirit of power that you and I possess in our lives. Spirit of love. What kind of love are we talking about? The love that will forgive the unforgivable? The love that will continue to pursue? The love that will continue to forgive? The love that will continue to do the things that Jesus did the way Jesus did? Amen. The spirit of love is on the inside of you. And the Bible says perfect love casts out. I'm, I'm going ahead of my notes, but here's the thing. The Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. That love is on the inside of you, my friend. That love is on the inside of you. You've got the spirit of power. You've got the spirit of love. And you've got the spirit of a sound mind. Which means what? A sound mind. A peaceful mind. A peaceful mind in the midst of chaos and turmoil. In the midst of panic and terror. In the midst of all of that, you have a sound mind. Why? Because it's inbuilt. You've got it. It's in, I'm, I'm not trying to give you more work to do. I'm not saying become more strong. I'm not saying become fearless. I'm not saying do these 10 exercises and try to get some more courage and try to get some more fear, uh, sorry, uh, boldness. No, no, no. I'm saying you've got the spirit of power. You've got the spirit of love. You've got the spirit of a sound mind. You come pre-packaged with those things. That's the way God designed you. And that's the kind of life that God has given to you, my friend. Don't be influenced by everything that you see around you and everything that you hear. Are you understanding that? See, we are so quickly influenced. You know, I, I, I think about my daughters a lot and um, especially the older one right now, Christina. Everything Christina does... Ivanka, my second one, immediately copies. Immediately copies. She does something, immediately. The next thing, Ivanka is doing the same thing, Im immediately. The other day, we're walking around uh, our apartment, and, and it was uh, uh, at night time, and it was pretty late, actually. And then um, when we were walking around a bend, uh, Christina uh, says, you know, I'm afraid to go there. And up to that point, we're walking and everything's fine. As soon as Christina says... I'm afraid to go in that area or towards that direction. Immediately, Ivanka, my second one, says, I'm, I'm scared too. I'm scared too. I said, why are you scared? She had no reason. Yes. She could not even tell me the reason why, she's not, why she was scared. But the only reason she said, I'm scared. Why? Because her elder sister said, I'm scared. A lot of times, that's how we live. Oh, I'm scared. Why? Because my neighbors are scared. Oh, I'm not going to go there. Why? Because my neighbors are not going to go there. Oh, I'm not going to do that. Why? Because my family called me up and told me not to do that or something else. Now, I understand. I'm not telling anybody to do anything foolish. Ultimately, you know whether you're doing something as wisdom. Sometimes worldly wisdom can be cloaked. Can be cloaked. Or, or I should say fear can be cloaked as worldly wisdom. Are you understanding that? Fear. The real reason why you're not going there is not because you're trying to be wise, because you're just fearful. I'm saying if you're making a decision out of wisdom, go for it. But don't pretend 
you're trying to be wise when the reality is that you're just afraid. Don't let fear rule you. You see, when my daughter said that they were afraid, I said there was no, fear, no, no reason to be afraid of going even though it's a little bit dark in that area. And then I continued to walk with them. I held my older one with my left hand and the younger one with my right hand and we continued to walk and there was nothing to fear in that area. Are you understanding that? So what, again, don't be influenced. You've got the spirit of power, the spirit of love and the spirit of a sound mind. Very quickly. Um, who? Let's uh, see. Where do we go? Um, all right. Uh, go with me to Psalm sixty-four. Psalm sixty-four in verse one. I'm just trying to pay attention to the time that we have. But uh, Psalm sixty-four very quickly. Psalm sixty-four in verse one says this: Hear my voice, O God, in my meditation. Preserve my life from fear of the enemy. David speaking here. In the Amplified, it says, Hear my voice, O God, in my complaint. Here he, he actually says, Hear my complaint. Guard and preserve my life from the terror of my enemy or of the enemy. Now, a lot of times we hear and see these kinds of verses and we might think that it is okay for you to pray the same things. Now, God is a very present help in the time of need. All right? Now, you can pray that prayer and He will answer and He will be there for you. All right? However, for a new covenant believer, that is a prayer that you are praying from a place where you don't understand your rightful position. You are praying that prayer because you see yourself far beneath the place that God has given to you. Right? Because that's in the Old Covenant. In the New Covenant, go with me to Romans chapter 8. And I want to show you this in Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. Romans 8.15 says, For the Spirit which we have now received, again, the Spirit which we have now received, meaning that Spirit was not present with them before. All right? I know it's simple, but I want you to get this. All right? The Spirit now we have, that we have now received is not a Spirit of slavery, to put you once more, or you can say once again, in the bondage to fear. Do you see what Paul is saying? Paul is saying, for the spirit which you have received, or which you have now received, um, is not a spirit of slavery, to put you once more, or once again, in the bondage of fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit producing sonship, in the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father. Now, when he says we cry of a father, he's not talking about, Abba, Father, I'm so afraid. That's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about, uh, 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 you know, crying and crying and crying. He's not talking about manufacturing tears so that God will hear us. He's not talking about, uh, uh, you know, a person who is crying out of fear. Here he's saying, he's saying, that's why I love the Amplified in this place because he says it's the spirit of adoption that produces sonship in the bliss of which we cry. In the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father. That's like a child that shouts, Daddy. 
That's like a child that is shouting. She might see her uh, father downstairs and she's in the balcony or she sees the father coming into the house at, at the door or she's on FaceTime and she sees uh, the father and she says, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. What's happening? She's crying out loud, but she's not crying because she's afraid nor she is, is she crying because she's sad. And here he says, the spirit that we have been given right now it's the spirit of sonship, not the spirit of fear. We used to have the spirit of fear. We used to have the spirit that kept us in the bondage of fear. But now we have a spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba, Father. David didn't have that. David didn't have that. And so he was saying, do something about this terror. Do something about this fear of my enemy. You and I, we don't need to. Why? Because we have the spirit of sonship and we cry out Abba Father. Amen. Go with me to 1st John chapter 4 please. 1st John chapter 4 and verse 18. It says there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. Torment. Torture. Torment and torture. Nobody enjoys being tortured. Nobody enjoys being tormented. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We'll talk about this more in the coming weeks. He who fears has not been made perfect in love. I'll read the same verse in the Amplified. It says, there is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. Are you dreading the outcome of something right now as you're hearing me, as you're watching this right now? Are you dreading the outcome of the, of the result? Are you dreading the outcome of a particular test that you may have taken a, a, at the hospital? Are you dreading the exam results? Are you dreading the response of a particular person in your life right now? Are you dreading the economy, dreading something else? The Bible says it shouldn't be existent in your life. Amen. Then it says, but full-grown, complete, perfect love turns fear out of doors and expels every trace of terror. See, perfect love casts out, it expels fear uh, and expels every trace of terror. For fear brings with it, um, with it the thought of punishment. And so he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love, is not yet grown into love's complete perfection. Amen? Here's what I want you to know again. Fear is always associated with bondage. It is the bondage of fear. It is not the joy of fear. Nobody loves living in fear, and fear does not come from God. When you know that fear does not come from God, it also should give you an indication of how you need to deal or relate with fear. If fear is not from God, then you should have no relationship with fear. There's no such thing as a healthy relationship with fear. No such thing. 
Again, uh, for all the parents out there, if you see that somebody is a bad influence for your kids, and if you tell them, I want you to have no relationship with them, I, want you, I, I don't want any kind of friendship to exist. Now, if the child says, I just want there to be a healthy friendship between us, how would you take that? No, in your mind, you say, you don't want any kind of relationship with them. Why? Because you know that they are trouble for your child. You know that they're going to lead your child into a wrong direction. Well, here God says that He wants us to have no kind of relationship with fear. Why? It is not from Him. If God, if fear was such a good thing for us to experience, God would have given us that. If it doesn't come from God, we don't need it. End of story. I don't care what the newspaper article said. I don't care what a psychologist said. I don't care what a mother, grandmother, whoever said that. It does not matter. Why? Because God said it does not come from Him. And if it does not come from Him, you and I have no business living with it. Finally, go with me to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, and I'll close with this. Proverbs chapter 3. And starting from verse 21, it says, My son, let them not escape from your sight, but keep sound and godly wisdom and discretion. And they will be life to your inner self and a gracious ornament on your neck, your outer self. Then you will walk in your way securely and in confident trust, and you shall not dash your foot or stumble. Verse 24, when you lie down, you shall not be afraid. Yes, you shall lie down and you shall sleep. Sorry, your, and your sleep shall be sweet. Again, if you're staying up late at night and if you're worried about things, if you're fearful about certain things and certain outcomes in your life, it's not of God. And that's not God's best for us. All right. Then it goes on to say, verse 25, Be not afraid of sudden terror and panic. Be not afraid of sudden terror and panic, nor of a stormy blast or the storm and ruin in the, uh, of the wicked when it comes. For you will be guiltless. Verse 26, For the Lord shall be your confidence, firm and strong, and shall keep your foot from being caught in a trap or some hidden danger. That's a promise of the Lord for you. If you keep the Word of God in your heart, if you don't let go of the Word of God, God says that the Lord will be your confidence, firm and strong. He will keep your foot from being caught in any trap of the enemy or some hidden danger. Whether it's a financial danger, a medical danger, a relational danger, a future job, career, whatever it is, He's the God that will save you. He's the God that will keep you safe. Learn to rely and trust in Him, my friends. Learn to rely and trust in Him. Again, today, no matter what situation you are dealing with, God promised us by His Word that He will never leave you nor forsake you. Again, you might be dealing with some real hard issues in life, but I want to encourage you. God knows you. I want to encourage you. God sees you. And I want you to know that God has done something about it. 
He's not forgotten you. You might be going through a tough situation. Tears may be rolling down your eyes every time you think about the situation. God has not forgotten about you. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. People may have forgotten about you. Loved ones may have, been, may have forgotten about you. God. You're talking about God. He's not forgotten about you. He's done something about it. He loves you. No matter what things look like, I want you to be encouraged in knowing that you have been given the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and the spirit of a sound mind. Don't react like the world. Place your confidence in Christ Jesus. He will keep you safe and secure. There's nothing in this world that can shake you up. There is nothing in this world that will separate you from the love of God and there is nothing in this world that can move you away from the things that God has promised you for your life. Amen? Amen. And just like David said, I will fear no evil. I want you to declare this out of your mouth. Say, I will fear no evil evil. Now, for different people, evil might look like different things. So you need to fill that blank in. I will fear no virus. I will fear no lack. I will fear no bad relationship. I will fear or I will not fear any loneliness in my life. Whatever it is, don't fear it. You shall fear no evil. Amen? Meditate on the Word this week. Listen to this multiple times over and over again. Next week, we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of how this thing works. We're going to talk and learn about how fear comes into our lives and how we can cast out fear. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you, Lord, for speaking to us today. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for giving us the ability, Lord, to reach people exactly and right where they are this morning. No matter where they are, Father, I thank you that through technology we can be one and we can be gathered together today. Yes. Even though we're not physically meeting, Father, I thank you that we are one body. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that your word has gone forth and I thank you that it will bring forth a hundredfold harvest in their life. I declare that there is no fear in the lives of your precious people, that we live by faith and not by sight, Father. We live by what your word says and not by what the world says. In the mighty name of Jesus, right now, Father, I declare and we release healing to flow through the lives of your people. Every person that is dealing with any kind of sickness, disease in their physical bodies, I curse every attack of the enemy. We release the healing power of God to touch, heal, and deliver right now. Anybody that is needing healing in their physical bodies, just stretch your hands to the screens and begin to receive healing into your physical bodies. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, I thank you, Lord, that healing is being released right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. 
In the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you, Father. Issues that have been a bondage to people for years and months and weeks, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, be made whole. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet right now, in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I pray for people who are worried about their finances, who are living in fear of lack. In the mighty and precious name of Jesus. Right now, I pray for every person, Lord, that needs to receive money. Whether it is from a relative, whether it is from a business partner, whether it is from a previous employer, the government, whoever it is, Father, I command in the mighty name of Jesus, the money that is being held up, I command every blockage to be broken in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we command the finances to be released right now in the name of Jesus. Every person that rightfully needs to receive the money, Father, I command it to be done in the name of Jesus. No more lack. No more lack in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I pray for every person that is anxious and fearful regarding relationships in their life. For single people, Father, who are anxious about their marriages and about when they're going to get married or who they're going to get married or how all of the things that need to come to pass will come to pass. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for wisdom, Lord, for young people. Wisdom, Lord, to make the right decisions in their life. That they will not try to hurry things or neither will they become lazy with things. That your perfect timing be established in their life. In the mighty name of Jesus, that you will bring the right people together. And may your name be glorified in their lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for every person that is married right now. Every person that is anxious and fearful regarding relationships in their family. Between in-laws, between husband and wife, between children and parents, Father. Between extended family. Oh, we declare perfect love among families. Perfect love among families, Lord. People to walk in divine love and understanding with one another. We glorify you. We thank you for that, Lord, every prayer has been answered. Lord, I pray that people will continue to grow in your word and be established in your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah.